bless your name tonight, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Lord, there's truly no one like you, Lord. You're our God. You're our Savior, healer, deliverer. Lord, you never left us fighting alone, but you've been here all the time. You're he who walks among the candlesticks. Among the church ages, their life living through every heart and every life through every age. Oh, Lord, we're not fighting the battle alone, but we're, you're with us, Lord, even in us to the end of the world. We commit this service to your hands, Lord, Every be, everything be said and done for your glory and for your honor. Lord, we just want to say how much we love you, Father. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 10. Amen. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. We'll let you be seated. I'd like to speak to you again on casting down imaginations, looking at this strongholds strongholds are arguments or reasonings by which someone tries to fortify maybe their opinion or what they believe or defend and defend it against their opponent or someone else these strongholds are thoughts or arguments or reasonings and we might tonight we could call them the fiery darts of the enemy that would come against our mind and against our our peace amen and against our against our, our, our mind in this world that we're living in because the devil uses thoughts, he uses arguments, he uses reasonings to, to, be, to bring confusion, either to try to complicate or hinder or destroy our faith or our trust in God and our trust in all that God is and all that God promised. That's, that's his goal is to try to destroy our trust in that. And strongholds are targeted at our mind or our and our real problems, you know, are not our real problem is not the trial or the temptation that we go through, but what we believe and where we put our faith and trust in the middle of our problems. Amen. It ain't our pro- ain't the problem or the trial you're going through that's really the real problem. The real problem is where your trust is while you're going through the trial, or where your faith is. While you're going through the trial, what you allow to capture your mind while you're going through the trial, what you allow to capture your heart and your mind, what you allow to take over or to build a stronghold, or it, it will determine your outcome in these situations. But we know faith defends both our mind and our heart against the strongholds and the imaginations of the enemy. Therefore, we must have a stable place to put our, our faith upon, and that faith can only rest upon the Word of God. And that Word of God is the only thing in this hour that is a stable place. 
Amen. There's all in the world that we live in, and you know the time that we're in, even tonight and through this week, and uh, through the elections and all that kind of thing that's going on. The whole world is holding their breath. It's very unstable. Thing that people don't know what to do. Some are liking it. Some don't like it. Some this, that, and the other. Uh, but Satan is there to try to grab a hold of minds during this time. And, and you know, uh, we, we must realize that we're always going to have trials. We're always going to have temptations. It doesn't matter who, you know, would, <laughs> would win the election or who would, would be in power or this, that, and the other. That does not change it. One thing, we're always going to have trials and tribulations. There's always going to be things that we have to uh, uh, fight against. There's always going to be things that we have to conquer in the life that we're living. But, you know, James would say it like this. He would say, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, unabradeth not, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Amen. That's the key. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave on the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he has received anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Or otherwise, other words, he's prone to change. He's prone to fail. He's prone in the middle of temptation to give way because one day he believes it, the next day he don'ts. One day he's up, the next day he's down. Therefore, double man is unstable in, in all of his ways. Let the, the brother of low degree rejoice in that he's exalted, but the rich that he's made low because of the flower of the grass, he passes away. The sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, and it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perish. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. But blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. How many loves him tonight? Amen. I, I want to read this for a moment as we look at some things here in the Amplified. It says, consider it nothing but joy. When you fall into various trials, when you have trials, consider it joy. I knew that was going to be like a pin that would drop. Amen. You know, when you're in the middle of your trial, consider it joy, nothing but joy. Be assured that the testing of your faith through the experience produces an endurance that leads to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work in you so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom to guide you in the decision or a circumstance, you're to ask of our wonderful God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to you. But you must ask for wisdom in faith. Without doubting God's willingness to help, for the one who doubts it is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. For such a person ought not to think or expect they will ever receive anything at all from the Lord. 
Amen. At all from the Lord. For being a double-minded man, unstable and restless in all his ways, in everything he thinks, feels, or decides. A double-minded man. Let the brother in humble circumstances glorify glory in his high position. Amen. As a born-again believer called to true riches to be an heir of God. And the rich man is to glory in being humbled by trials revealing human frailty. Knowing true, true riches are only found in the grace of Almighty God. For the sun rises with a scorching wind and it withers the grass. The flower will fall. The beauty will fade away. So too will the rich man in the midst of his pursuits fade away. But blessed are happy and spiritually prosperous and favored by God is the man who's steadfast under trials, who will hold the line, who will persevere when they're tempted. But when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Hallelujah. So we can be happy in the middle of our trials. We don't have to be depressed in the middle of our trials. We don't have to be weary or down. I don't understand there's, there's human emotions and things, but amen, there has to be something greater than your human emotion. There has to, you know, I know people go on their emotions. You know, they get sick and they go on their emotions for a while, but the only thing that will produce a healing is not an emotion. The only thing that will produce a healing is faith in Almighty God's Word. Amen. So many times we work on emotions. We go out on emotions and we're up or we're down. We're, we're this way, we're that way. But that's unstable. That's a double-minded man. There's only one person that can have stability in this life is to take these imaginations and cast them down and exalt the Word of God and say the Word of God is true no matter who's in power. The Word of God is true. No matter how bad the world gets, the word of God is true. No matter how terrible things may seem around me, the word of God has not failed. It's not faltered. It's not lost one, one iota of factor. It's not lost the truth. It's still the truth of the hour. Hallelujah. You know, I, you know, people, somebody, I think actually Brother Tim sent me this. I thought it was pretty good. You know, people are worried about the donkey and the elephant. You know, there's probably a lot on your mind tonight. Well, who's going to win, the donkey or the elephant? Well, to be honest with you, I'm not worried about the donkey and the elephant. I'm worried about the lamb. Let's think about the lamb tonight. Amen. Let's lay all these other things aside. You know, Brother Brandon was talking to a man one time. I was actually called an atheotic doctor. I think that means, my, my, my dictionary, just Timothy Pruitt dictionary, means an idiotic atheist. <laughs> doctor. Amen. Anyway, atheotic doctor in Louisville. I was down after coming back from Africa and was giving me an examination for amoeba. And, and he began to rebuke Brother Branham and said, you don't believe in all that foolishness. He said, yes, sir, I believe in it. He said, you mean to tell me you, mean, you believe a man rose from the dead? He said, yes, sir, I believe it. How can you prove he rose from the dead? I, can, I said, I can prove he's a resurrected Christ. He said, I said, he lives in my heart. That's how I know it's here. In here, he changed me from a sinner to a Christian. He changed my nature. He changed my attitude. Oh, hallelujah. 
Can't have a nature change without an attitude change. He changed my attitude. He changed all that was in me, and he made me a new creature. Therefore, I know personally he rose from the dead. He said, well, I believe he died. He said, well, I do too, but he, but he died. Yea, more than that, he rose from the dead. And he said, and today he lives in our hearts. That's why we're happy and can sing. Amen. That's why we can rejoice no matter what's going on around us. Because he still lives. Hallelujah, he still lives. That's why we can notice him. Here not long ago, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he said, done such a great miracle for me in my own life. He's done miracles for you. He walks with you daily. He walks with every believer. Lo, I'm with you always to the end of the world. No matter what comes or goes, Christ still lives. No matter what comes or goes, he still reigns in the human heart. That's why he says that the story said you watch every morning. He said you get up grouchy and you get up and say, well, I just about got half the sleep I needed. He said so forth. No wonder we got high blood pressure and diabetes and everything. He says, no wonder. He says, look, look at the little robber, and he'll raise up a morning. First thing, he throw that little head back towards heaven and go to singing at the top of his voice. He said, you've never seen any of them with high blood pressure. Come on now. You've never seen any of them walking around on crutches and with diabetes. No. And little robin one time said to another, said, wonder what's the matter with people. They're always got their head down. They're always worried about this or worried about that. So maybe they don't have a heavenly father that takes care of them. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Amen. They're always concerned about everything going on around them. Maybe they don't have a heavenly father that takes care of them like we've got. Amen. Listen, he takes care of every bird. He takes care of everything around us. He takes care of it all. Listen, this whole world is still in his hands. It's only producing an atmosphere, amen, for people to get in the atmosphere of an end time. Everything that we're seeing right now is only producing an atmosphere for an end time. It's only producing an atmosphere for the Antichrist to come. It's only producing an atmosphere for the tribulation to take place. It's only producing the right climate, the right atmosphere, the right everything for a rapture. Let's don't forget we got a heavenly father. Amen. Let's don't forget, I got a God who owns the cows on the thousand thousand hills. He's more than able for any need, any situation, any problem that I go through. Amen. He says, see, how many here are Christians tonight? All right. I felt like I probably could get in a minority here. (laughs) Knowing you're Christians, there's something that that says you're a Christian. All right. You see, why you should be the happiest people in the world. A Christian should be the happiest people in the world. Not a Democrat, not a Republican, a Christian. Ought to be the happiest people in in all the world. You should just believe that. He said, that's easy. Take God's word for it. We ought to be the happiest people in all the world. Why? You can't lose. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Matters not what happens in this world. You can't lose. And the Christian has not one worry. They should be the most freest, happiest people in all the world. Why? You can't lose. All things. Can somebody say all things? All things work together for the good to them that love God. How many loves God? And are thee called according to his purpose? Who are thee called in the house tonight? I've heard the call of God in my life. Have you heard his call? If you heard his call and you love him and you, everything's working for your own, good. It's working for my leaving here. Hallelujah. There's nothing to lose. Well, what about this one? There's nothing to lose. We're anchored in Jesus Christ. We are going home to glory. Amen. Well, I thought I might get a few shouts on that one right there. Amen. This is where our minds should be. Amen. This is where it ought to be. I'm on my way to glory. Amen. And whoever is elected next is only just another pawn. I'm on my way to glory. <laughs> Amen. Settle your minds. That'll settle your mind in a moment when you realize I have an ambition. My ambition ain't a 401k. My ambition ain't to have the most, the best house and the best, the most land and most things and the most this, that, and the other. That's not my ambition. My ambition is I'm on my way out of here. I'm leaving this whole world. I'm ready to leave this place. Amen. There's nothing worth staying here for. And he said, if you got that in your mind, you might as well have a good time while you're going along. Hallelujah. Just like you were singing a while ago, he'll take you through the fire again. Realize he's still in the fire. He's still on the throne. He's still able more than able. He's still here to meet needs according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah, this God has not lost a battle. God's providing everything. He would say in another place, and in in people's minds, this is what I talked about, stability. Unstable. This is the most unstable time we've ever lived in. I mean, think about this year. I know everybody's all about this year, 2020. Like I said before, who says next year is going to be any better? As far as, you know, earthly speaking, maybe the greatest year. This still may end up being the greatest year ever. (laughs) Hallelujah. He said, in this great hour of darkness and chaos over the earth, we should be the happiest people. You know, Brother, Brother LaFontaine used to say it like he said it best. He's going on to glory. I'm pretty sure he's a happy man right now. Yeah. Amen. But he, he used to say, are you happy? I mean, he's happy. Yeah. Well, notify your face. <laughs> Won't you, you look at your neighbor and say, hey, I'm happy. I'm happy. Amen. We should be the happiest people in the whole earth. Well, I don't have this, Brother Timothy. Why? Well, I just read the scripture. It talks about the man who's, not, who's, who's lowly. He said he ought to rejoice 
Because he's been given the kingdom. Amen. We ought to be the happiest people in the whole earth to rejoice to know all the time. And, and, and at all the time, people are being indocumented, all kinds of isms, things in the earth. And yet today, right here in the middle of all this darkness and all this chaos is a real living God. And his real word. And he's here by his visible evidence. And he shows us he's we're here with us. Working, moving, living, acting. Just exactly as he always did. What a privileged people we are. I say it again. What a privileged people we are. Hallelujah. I, I, I just was receiving a text from over in Singapore from a man I met actually over in uh, 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 Switzerland there just by chance met him and we ch- exchanged numbers and he's a Lutheran and he sends me t- uh, messages all the time. We're standing knocking on the door where uh, Luther had nailed the theses up and he's, uh, and he's all about you know the, 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 the Roman Catholic Church and all this, I'm ta- being against it and all that. You know, I'm thinking, well... I've tried to show him down through the scriptures and all these things, you know, and trying to show him where he's even it and where he's even at and all these things. You know, and he's texting me, what about the election? What about this? What about that? And people are worried and they're stirred up. Their minds are tore up. Even over in Singapore, China, all over the world, they're tore up, unstable. What a privileged people we are. I told the man, I said, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't a Christian. Hallelujah, to know that this world is not my home. Hallelujah. I mean, you can elect George Washington and it'll never go back to what it was again. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. But while I'm passing through, I might as well have a good time because I'm on my way home. He said this in 62. He said, he said, I don't know how the Canadian p- people are feeling now, but the Americans are putting on one of the biggest bluffs I've ever seen, just like the rest of the world. They're acting like they're not afraid, but they're scared to death. They're hiding in the, gov- hiding in the government, all kinds of places, digging down the ground. Reminds me of a little boy passing the graveyard at nighttime, whistling, saying he's awful brave. He's just whistling in the dark. Actions speak louder than words because the time has come where we'll not need military forces anymore. Just one fanatic to pull the trigger and the whole world will blow up. I do not believe. Amen. He said God cannot defeat his own purpose. The earth was put here and there will be a millennial reign upon the earth for a thousand years that the church has done taken home. Amen. He said, but when those sights begin to come to pass, lift up your head. Redemption draweth nigh. Don't look down and be weary. We're just coming to the place for the coming of our Lord Jesus. This is where we're at. We're just coming to the place of the coming of our Lord Jesus. That's nothing to be sad about unless you're not ready to go. But amen, tonight if you find yourself worried and stressed out, listen, there's time to get ready. Lay aside every weight. Lay aside everything that's so easily beset you and run the race. We're just about home. 
We're coming to the place for the coming of our Lord Jesus. Instead of being weary, we should be the most happiest people in the whole world. Why? And he says, and we are. Why? Because we're not afraid of bombs. Bombs don't bother us. I said the other day, he said, I said, you can't dig far enough to get away from them. This is a 62. You sure can't dig far enough away now. Amen. Blow your bones. You can get down in concussions. Bones blowed apart 150 you know, feet deep. I mean, you dig all you want to. You're not going to get away from it. But you know one good thing? Science can work out all kinds of things, but God was way ahead of that. We have a bomb shelter. And it's not made out of steel. It's made out of feathers. Hallelujah. Under his wings we're resting. And before it explodes, we'll be out unto, going into a land where there's no sickness, no sorrow, no old age. And we'll be forever renewed back to youth again. And it will be that way forever. Therefore, we ought to be the most happiest people on the face of this earth because my trust is not in a government. It's not in what I can do. I'm under some feathers. Shielded from the fiery darts of the enemy. And when he comes, cast them down. Cast them down. Cast them down. Well, what, what, what do we got to lose? Nothing. What do we got to win? Everything. We don't know how long it's going to last. Maybe gone by morning. Maybe our last time together. Listen, hey, it's, this is how we ought to take every service. It may be our last time together. We have, may have had our last youth camp together. We may have had our last meetings, big meetings together. I don't know what the future holds. But whether it is or whether it isn't, we can't lose. So therefore, our minds don't have to get all worried and stewed up and stirred up. Amen. No, there's no way for a Christian to lose. You just can't lose no matter what. There's no loss in a Christian. If I live, I gain. If I die, I gain. Hallelujah. There's no loss. Amen. He talks about another place. He said just to build the faith of the people. Just to get them built to a place where it gets all the scare away from them. He said a Christian has not one worry in the world. Hello, somebody. That's quite a statement. How many counted? I wonder how many we could count of worries today that we had today. Maybe in the last five minutes. One worry in the world. We should be the most freest, happiest people in all the world. You can't lose. <laughs> All things work together for the good to them that love God. How can we lose? There's nothing to lose. We're anchored in Jesus. We're just at the point of going home. Yeah. 
He would say it another place, and I'm just going to lay a few of these things in. To the covenant people, he said, whatsoever things you desire as a Christian, when you pray, believe when you receive it, and hold right on to it, and it'll be given to you. It will be given. Hold right on to it, because God said it would do it. I'm here as a confirmation. I'm going away, going back to the Father. The Holy Ghost will come, and He will confirm everything I've said. He will be with you. He will continue this ministry till I return again. And here we are sitting in the building tonight, feeling the same Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost. The same Holy Spirit that led Abraham. The same Holy Ghost that performed the miracles in the early church. The same signs, the same wonders, the same baptism, the same results. What we got to worry about. (laughs) God swore he'd do it. You can't lose. God said so. It don't make any difference what anybody else says. Or what anybody else does. We can't lose. You know, Satan has spent his time taking the things of God and perverting them into evil things. Begin to pervert things into evil instead of good. When Satan first done that, God, as soon as it was first done, out of his great treasure trust of love, he had a plan of redemption that quick. He didn't have to sit down and think it all over and how it would be and how am I going to make this work and how am I going to get this back? I mean, how in the world is Satan, he's done messed me up. I, I, I had a wonderful Eden and, 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 and I just, just out of nowhere, here he comes and he just pulled the wool over my eyes. No. Uh-uh. Before it ever happened, He knew how it would be. He's infinite. He had in his great heart how he'd bring all this about. How if if he foreknew the church, he foreknew Christ, he foreknew the plan, and he set it all in order, and all the world turning around just according to his plan. Amen. And you being dead to yourself, dead in Christ, alive after you're dead to yourself, alive in Christ. God is working all things together for the good to them that love him. So how can we lose? When the infinite God who started all this is still here. And he made this plan of redemption and it worked out perfectly according to his plan. He foreshadowed it all through the scriptures. He brought this one for this type and this one for that type. And there ain't no way in the world we can sit there and make all that up. God did it in his infinite knowledge. Bringing out of this one, out of this one, out of this one. Pre-planning you to be here. By his foreknowledge. Amen. God was so, I mean, so designed that he would bring you to this place for this certain age to live here and have a certain thing about you, to do a certain way, to have a certain nature, to be a certain way. Amen. To make you this or that or whatever his gifts he would give you, how, whatever he would like for you to be on the earth. God had already planned it all out. And therefore, God knew exactly, exactly how all of this was going to play out. Nothing is surprising God. But there's only one loser in this whole thing. 
You can't lose, but Satan will. (laughs) And everything that's under him will. The devil will lose. God will always win. Amen. If you're on the wrong side, sure, you're going to lose. But if you're on God's side, which is the right side, you will win. You cannot lose. Hallelujah. You know, you take your sickness, doctors are giving you up to die. They say, go home, you know, hospice. Just got a prayer request for a friend of mine who's just an acquaintance. His mother's been given up to die to go home to hospice with ovarian cancer. Lee Falk's mother, prayer request, asking God to be merciful. But you can't lose by trusting God. You know, he would, he would, Brother Brown would talk about, and we know the story in the Bible of, of, the, of, the, of the lepers that sat by the gate there and said, why do we sit here till we die? Let's go into the city. And we know the story. Samaria was being seized by the Syrians and they're so hungry, they're starving them to death till they'd eat the bark off the, gra- off the, off the uh, tree and grass off the ground and boiled one another's children to eat. Lepers couldn't come in the city. They were, they were contagious. Why, why, they said, we're going to die here or we can die there. Why sit here till we die? Let's go down to the Syrians. If they kill us, what of it? We're going to die anyhow. They, ta- they had to take a chance. But you know what that story was all about? It was about faith. They started down towards the Syrians. And just because they begin to move under that faith and that inspiration, God, amen, began to send a big rumble through the desert all the way down through the whole midst of them Syrians. So they got so confused by it all, they ran away and left their tents and all their food. And they found plenty to eat. Not only did it save their own life, but the lepers saved the city's life. Amen. look what a chance they had to take. And you don't even have to take that chance. All you've got to do is trust God. And you can't lose by trusting God. You're not asked to go down to the camp of the enemy. You're invited to the house of God. Who's waiting for you. And there's no losing. Whether you be a leper, whether you be sick, whether you be this, whether you be that, there's no losing. You are invited to the house of God. And God is here to perform his word. There's no losing. The only way you'll lose if you sit still and don't act. Amen. But you're invited. How many says it's true that if you sit there when the Spirit of God's moving and you don't react, you lose? 
I mean, th think about the loss that the woman would have had who ended up touching Jesus' garment. When he come by, if she'd just sat there. Or as we talked about last weekend, about, or last Wednesday about blind Bartimaeus. What if he just said, oh, okay, that's, that's just somebody, somebody trying to be somebody. And he just let him go on by. And, and next thing you know, he's out of sight, out of earshot, and it's over. He'd have died a blind man. He had a lot to lose by sitting there. God won't fail us. Heavens and earth will pass away, but his word won't fail. God will not fail us. You know, he would, he would, going back to the greatest battle ever fought, Brother Branham went to a football stadium one time and was going to preach. So he stopped at the door and looked up, and there was a sign that said, It's not the size of the dog of the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. That's what wins the battle. Somebody willing to fight. Somebody willing to move. Somebody willing to step out and say, this is the promise of God and is mine. Casting down imaginations. <laughs> Do you, I, I, I get amazed. You know, you're talking about the size of the dog in the fight. Or the size of the fight in the dog. The craziest fighting dog I've ever seen in my life is a little old chihuahua. That thing will fight anything. Somehow, some way, he's cast down every imagination. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> of him being tore up and ripped apart by this Rottweiler, and he'll just let her go. He, I've seen him. I've seen a chihuahua chase Rottweilers, big old dogs, out of the yard. Amen. This is what Brother Bradham's talking about. He said it's the fight in the dog that counts. It's the faith in the individual. If you're a coward, get back in your little cuddle hole. Amen. Brother, if you're a soldier, get ready to stand and fight. Amen. The battle is on right and wrong is engaged. Let's fight. Amen. I think it's time we start fighting for the anointing. They start fighting for the Holy Spirit to fall among us. Start fighting for the Holy Ghost to reign supreme in our services to where our young people can find the Lord, where our old people can find the Lord, where our middle age can repent. Amen. Where God can have his way. Amen. That we're not going to just sit back on our pew and our wowsy, wowsy woos and say, well, what will, will be, will be. No, I'm in the house of the Lord. This is the house of God and he has preeminence here. And I'm going to do everything to say, come on, Captain. Come on, Jesus. We have need of you. Jesus, we have need of you. Have mercy on us. Come and speak to us, Lord. It's like Peter Cartwright. He went to a city one time to have a revival. Rented this old storeroom. Begin to clean it up. Going to have a revival. And this big bully of the town, pistols hanging on the side, walked down. I asked, well, who's that? And he said, they said oh, that's Peter Cartwright. And he said, what are you doing here? He goes, he's a preacher. He said, well, I guess I have to go down and throw him out on the streets because he ain't going to have no revival in this town. We don't want no meetings around our place. 
Devil don't want no singing around here. <laughs> so he goes down there, stomps the door. Old Peter had his coat on, you know, and he was just washing the windows and walls. Little bitty fella. Man, and this old bully walks up, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm just washing windows. Just kept on washing the window, you know. He had one purpose. God told him to go to this town and have a revival. He's going to wash the window and keep on going until it was ready to have a revival. He said, oh, Lord told me to have this revival. So he just kept on washing. Oh, well, one thing you have to understand, the bully said, I run this town around here. He said, oh, you do? He kept on washing. He said, before you have a revival, you have to whip me first. He said, oh, I do? He said, well, I'll do that next then. And he takes off his coat, and he walks over there and reaches by the collar and grabs that man and knocks him down on the floor, jumps on top of him, and begins to wail on him and said, I must fight if I should reign, increase my courage, Lord, and pounded the tar out of him. Amen. Said, you got enough? He said, yes. He got up and shook his hand, and that bully got saved that night in church. There you are. Take the word of God and cut your way through every doubt. It's time to turn the tide on the devil. As we heard Brother Josh Bennett say, it's the seventh round. It's time to get off the ropes. It's time to grab your God-given promises and go to grabbing that devil by the nap of the neck and say, I'm here, devil. I'm going to fight if I must reign. Increase my courage, Lord. I'm going to get something out of every service. I'm going to receive something from the Holy Ghost. I'm going to receive my healing. I'm going to receive my joy. I'm going to receive it because it's God-given, and I'm going to receive what God gives. Hallelujah. And it's time you grab him, and you give him enough to ask him, have you got enough yet? And if he says no, give him some more. <laughs> Take the word of God and cut your way through every doubt, every imagination, everything that tries to come up and say, well, look at here. I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at the one who started the work. Amen. Listen to this. He said, take the word of God and cut your way through every doubt. That's the next job. Let's get it done. Next thing I do is get away from my doubts, get away from my frustrations, get away from my senses, cut it all away. You say, well, now, well, you know, my conscience tells me this. Well, you might as well cut that thing away. You, ought, you, can't, you ain't going to go no further than that. Just get your next job done. Take off your coat and bear right into it. Just keep on going. One objection. One objective, one objective, I'm going to win. <laughs> I'm going to win. Never forget, this little man sitting here, happens to be my father, told me when I got up, started growing like a weed. I, I, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you, just have an honest moment. I've been this tall since sixth grade. <laughs> Looked like I was going to be a giant. That's kindergarten. <laughs> Been sixth grade. Bones hurt, creak, popped, everything going. It's crazy growing pains. And I'll never forget my dad telling me, look, 
boy, if we ever fight, I'm going to win. Whatever it takes, I'm going to win. If some of you need that little attitude change in your life. Whatever it takes, I'm going to win. Whatever it takes, I'm going through a body change. Whatever it takes, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit have preeminence in my life. Whatever it takes. If I got to die, let me die. But whatever it takes, I'm going to win because I cannot lose. You cannot lose. Mercy. We're going down here. But there is one loser, and that's the devil. <laughs> Let's just tell him that. Satan, you're a loser. I love that song. Satan, you lose. You lose again. Yes, sir. Satan, listen to this prayer. He says, Our Heavenly Father, thou art here to heal the sick. You're here to perform miracles. You're here to cast out demons. You're here to reveal the secrets of the people's heart, to call demons by their names, to heal all manner of sickness and disease among the people. Lord God, we thank you for everything that thou hast done tonight and pray that this will be a great night that every person in the building may rise. Amen. As this woman out of the wheelchair just now, standing by faith, believing, God, may they all go home healed, every one of them, and be made completely whole. I'll now ask this blessing of their healing through Jesus Christ's name. Satan, thou ungodly spirit, you that tries to bind people with unbelief, tries to make them doubt, you are a loser. You are a loser. You're defeated. I plead the blood of Jesus around every believer. Amen. Thou foul spirit, leave this audience in the name of Jesus Christ and come out from the people and liberate them in Christ's name, we pray. Satan, you are a loser. Lord Jesus, thou lovely one, Heal all these sick and needy tonight. Why can't we ask that? We can. He's still the same God. We give you praise. We know what you're doing. We know that spirit is near to bless and heal all that's needy. Now may the Lord, may the people, Lord, now standing here accepting, accepting me, knowing that thy strength, my strength is gone, but Lord, you're here. And now as your servant, I take, I take dominion over every unclean spirit in this building. And I say to Satan, you are a loser. You are a loser. God has sent Christ, and he's won the victory. And I charge thee by Jesus Christ, the Son of God, come out of the people and leave them and go in Jesus' name. Almighty God, in the name of thy Son, Lord Je- the Lord Jesus, I cast out every evil spirit that's in here on the authority of your word. Satan, you are a loser. You can't hold these people any longer. You're exposed now. It's over with. Come out of them. Hallelujah. You are a loser. How many do you believe? Then stand to your feet. I challenge every person in Jesus Christ's name, no matter what's wrong with you, Satan, you are a loser. Hallelujah. You're exposed. You're a bluff. And you can't hold God's people any longer. Hallelujah. 
I challenge you in the name of Jesus Christ. You unbelieving spirit, come out. Get out of here. I adjure you, rise in the name of Jesus Christ and receive what you ask for. Hallelujah. Satan, turn the people loose. Come out of them. You're a loser. You're not one. There's not one that's God's ordained to life you can hold. Woo, hallelujah. There's not one that's ordained to life you can hold. They're coming out anyhow, no matter what you do. No matter what you do. All the Father has given me will come. The Bible said we don't see all things, but we see Jesus. We see him fulfilling his word. We see him moving among us. We see him healing cancer and brain bleeds and alopecia. I hope you don't ever get tired of hearing that because I'm not bragging on me or this ministry. I'm bragging on one thing, Jesus Christ. The healer, the deliverer, the savior. The doctors may have give up on you and they did. The church may give up on you, and they will. The world may give on you, give up on you, but Jesus never will give up on any of his. Deny your thinking. Deny your mental, mental conception. Just believe what God's word says is truth and march on. Keep moving. Keep going. You say, I'm getting sicker. Just keep on going. And after a while, you'll break through every bear, and then you'll be free. And then you can see him, and he will reveal himself to you. Oh, God, reveal yourself to us tonight. How many wants to break the sound barrier? Hallelujah. Why don't you just worship him tonight? Just give him glory. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Oh, push into that realm of the Holy Spirit. Fight. Fight. You got to push past all the darkness and all the problems and all the situation and the world problems and the thing. Get all by all that. Next thing you know, you'll break through that last barrier and you're free. Free to worship, free to give God glory, free to praise him in the house of God, free to love him, free to give him all the glory and honor he truly deserves. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. He said, what if Mary would have waited before she felt something, before she praised him? How could she ever have a child like that? She started praising God before it ever happened, before it ever showed one sign, before she ever felt one thing. She took the angel's word, and she began to rejoice and praise God and tell everybody, I'm going to have a baby. Hallelujah. It's time we just start rejoicing and praising God and giving him glory and honor. Amen. We're seeing God move among us. We're seeing the supernatural unfold itself service after service, day after day, time after time. Oh, hallelujah. Just rejoice in the things of God. That's what you need. Be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. I mean, it would just say, Lord, let me open up my heart chambers. Unclog every place, Lord. We, we need, if anybody needs a connection with them, we've got to have that connection. Move it all out. Musicians can come. Move it all out. 
Move it all out. Move it all out. Just start jigging. Unclog those things. You know those things that's been clogged up in your life? You allowed some imagination, some bitterness, something to come in, some, some unforgiveness. Whatever, jig it. Get that little wire. You know, get a clog in your line. You got to start jigging. Get all that nasty stuff out of there so the water can begin to flow again. Hey, man, you wonder why you don't have no joy? Because you got a clog somewhere. You wonder why you ain't got the Spirit of God moving in your life? Because there's a clog somewhere. But if you just start jigging a little bit. Start praising him just a little bit. Start saying, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I want to lay all that aside. There's nothing worth worrying about. Listen, Christian people have carried bitterness and unforgiveness in this church long enough. It's time to lay it all down. It's time to lay it all at his feet. Start jigging. God, I want the windows of heaven open on my soul. I want you to come and pour it out. Let's bow our heads. Casting down imaginations. Lord, I don't want to be unstable. I want to be stable on your word. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to be honest in your heart and say, you know, Brother Timothy, I need to do some jigging. I need to get some clogs out. Clogged out. The freedness of the Spirit of God moving in my life. Let it all go. Yes, Lord. Lord, you see hands lifted all over this building. God, we don't mean to. We don't mean to get clogged up. Some infection come through and clog up our sinuses and we can't breathe. Nothing compared, Lord, to the demons of hell that would clog up the, the lines between us and you. God, there's been some honest hearts here tonight. That's what I got to do next. Need to lay aside that unforgiveness. Calls family issues through generations. Lay it all down. I know you say it won't happen in your family. Yeah, it will. Because it'll follow right on through you. And say, next thing you know, your son will have the same unforgiveness toward your mama, toward your wife as you had toward your mama. It'll happen. You gotta break cycles. Gotta unclog some things. It ain't worth staying here over. You say, unforgiveness, that's gonna keep me out. You will be forgiven as you forgive. That's what he said in the Lord's Prayer. Father, forgive our debtors. Forgive us as we forgive our debtors. Lord, right there, the law of God written. God, help us to lay it all down. Lay it aside. It ain't worth it. We're too close to home. It ain't worth it. Yes, Jesus. Seeing the hands that were lifted all over this building, God, minister to hearts.
May they begin to unclog some things, Lord. That the next services they can receive more and more and more of your goodness and your grace.
that. I don't want to withhold anything from you, Lord. Withholding I surrender all. I is leaving. Amen. Unbelief is leaving. Joy is coming in. Peace like to, like to a river. God's still God. He's here to meet the needs of his children. Amen. He, he, you just make them surrender. He's there to receive you right now. Amen. Your healing is right there for you. Your deliverance is right there for you. It's his promise to you. Amen. To you to you. Amen. When he reached down his hand for me.